I'm glad that we can continue our Bible study on Genesis. Tonight we would like to enjoy Genesis 20 and 21. Um, before we come to this portion of the Bible, we would like to sing hymn number 671. 671. Amen. Brother Etienne will help us to present it on the screen. But if you have your own hymn now, you can also use your hymn now. Amen. Saints, so this hymn was written by Amy Barber. Uh, she was a sister that helped our watchman knee, uh, or brother watchman knee, receive a lot of help from her. At the age of 25, she received a calling from, who is that now? <clears throat> Uh, an European that went to China to preach the gospel. Um, right away, I just forgot his name. <clears throat> and Hudson Taylor, yeah. Uh, Hudson Taylor went to Europe and to make a call for all these young people who can go to China to preach the gospel. And Amy Barber, answer received that calling 
and five years later, she went to China. And in that time, she labored, she preached the gospel, she ministered the word in China. And then he <clears throat> um, came back again to London and then he received another calling back to China. Now the second going to China, she went alone, not under any mission work, but she went alone by the Lord's leading by self-support. That means no mission work provide support her. So she just go there and stay in a place in uh, a town that very close to watch many place where he was staying. And he received a lot of help. Uh, she received a lot of help from the brethren. And she helped watch many a lot in the matter of growing in life. <clears throat> and this hymn um, is, was written by him. And the rest of her life, she just kept laboring in China and she never married. And <clears throat> she followed the Lord and always enjoying the second coming of the Lord. She just lived in the Lord's presence. And this hymn, when she wrote this hymn, um, she wrote in three stanza, but in Chinese, watch many translated into four stanzas. Uh, but here you will see how she enjoyed the name of the Lord. That means the person of the Lord is a deep down into the depth of this thy name. She enjoy the Lord's name. And that is what we're gonna cover tonight. Tonight we will cover that Abraham, after he received God's calling, being tested by the Lord, the Lord revealed to him he's the most high God. And then he start experience the Lord and he, with his own natural strength, then the Lord come in and reveal to him, he is the El Shaddai, the all sufficient God. And then until chapter 21 tonight, we want to see that Abraham beside enjoying the God of calling, the glorious God, Abraham also enjoy the God of the most high, which are the possessor of all the heavens and the earth. And then Abraham also enjoy gods of El Shaddai, the big other, the all sufficient one. Okay. And until tonight, we want to see Abraham enjoy El Olam, not only El Shaddai, but El Olam, the eternal God the hidden God, the secret God. It's a deep, deep God that Abraham enjoyed so deep that was veiled by the human side. Abraham enjoyed 
the deep, profound, mysterious, secret God, the eternal one, no beginning, no ending. It was so rich. It was so profound. Abraham enjoyed this God in a very deep and weighty way. And this hymn start with this line, deep down into the depth of this name. My God, I sink and dwell in the calm delight. Oh, that just big ocean with unlimited, yes, so deep. And Amy Barber, she said, Thou art enough, however the long is the day. If I have you, however the dark is the night. As long as I have you, regardless how long is the day, regardless how dark is the night, I am happy. I have you. I have this name, I have this person, I am all right. Because I enjoy the mysterious, the deep God, and I sing and dwell in this calm delight. And in verse two, you are my God, El Shaddai, the all sufficient one. God, you create for me whatever I lack. Your mighty hand, has strewn the lowland trap. Your mighty hand has spread out, scattered, has sown in my lonely trap. When she is serving Minister Christ in China, Amy Barber, that every step I enjoy your supply. Your mighty hand has strewn, strewn means sown, like sown the seed. Oh, your mighty hand is on the lonely truck with miracle of love and tender care. What a comfort. In fact, in her experience, many times she passed through many challenges. At the end, she just said, this is his mighty hand strewn the lonely truck with miracles of love and tender care. Now the Lord did not come to use miracle to threaten him, to scare him, but that miracle of love and caring. Verse three, for me, I, the resting one, my God, I dare, I'm bold once more to run myself into thy breast. Oh, Father, regardless what my experience is, I fling myself into your bosom, into your love. And there adore thy way in faith, deep rest. I still have the boldness, have the willingness. I want to come to you, to be in you, to enjoy this name with a faith, deep rest, and there adorn thy ways in faith, quiet rest. There is no storm, there is no turmoil inside of me. I just enjoy this rest. I enjoy the quietness come in you. I enjoy this name. This name is so deep. I sing and dwell myself in this name. Praise the Lord. How about mm, 
Okay. When Etienne is going to play this hymn again, okay. how about let's learn how to sing this hymn? Okay. <clears throat> Amen. Let's sing it again and hope you can enjoy um, this hymn. Etienne, you can play this hymn again. into the depth of this name. Amen. My God, I sing and dwell in calm delight. Amen. 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 Thou art enough, however long the day. Thou Amen. art enough, ever dark the night. Amen. 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 Thou art enough, however dark the night. Amen. Oh Lord, thank you that you are enough. Amen. 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 Oh, Lord, deep down into the depths of this name, of thy name, my God, I sink and dwell in calm delight. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. My God, I did. Once more to 
myself upon thy grace. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thou art our God. The all-sufficient one. Amen. 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 Deep down into Amen. the depths of this thy name. My Amen. God, I sink and dwell in calm delight. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thou art a dove, however long the day. Thou art the once more to fling myself upon thy breast. Yes. And there adore thy waist in faith depressed. Amen. There adore thy waist in faith quite rest. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. For me, thy trusting one, my God, I dare. Once more to fling myself upon thy breast. Amen. 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 Lord, my God, the all sufficient one. Amen. You will have nothing. Amen. Amen. Well, I'd like to share this matter about for me, verse 3. For me, thy trusting one, my God, I dare once more to fling myself upon thy breast. Our what Lord. do you mean here, upon thy breast? That is upon Lord's heart. You know, this time, we are not only dive ourselves alone into the Lord, but we want to get into his heart. Saints, I would like to say, especially this week, when I heard some of the saints are suffering, some of them even suffer from this pandemic. Um, and I wish the Lord during this time that we really get into the Lord's heart. And I pray the Lord bless us the church life. It's full of intercession that we not only pray ourselves to the Lord, but we want to get into his breast. That means into God's heart desire. That is the church. That is the saints. Uh, how we need to intercede for one another during this time. You know, some saints, <clears throat> they are experiencing difficult time. Uh, they experience some painful thing in their heart psychologically. <clears throat> uh, I wish... Tonight, the Lord lead us that we all learn from Abraham that how he uh, intercede, pray, regardless how conditioned he is. He might be in a failure condition, but the Lord is still used him to intercede. It is so easy to intercede for someone when you are in chapter 18. 
but tonight we're going to see even in the time of his weaknesses, uh, God still wants Abraham to intercede. Since this is the church life, we not only care for ourselves, but we intercede with one another. We even care for one another. Even if the Lord leads us, we must put some practical practice in caring for one another. You know, this is how we fling myself into thy breast, into your heart. What are you caring? God care for the church. You know, we don't just say, Lord, make me become more overcome, but we want to fling ourselves into his breast, into his heart. Amen. Well, I'm anticipating the Lord open these two chapters to us tonight. All right, Adrian, are you there? So um, Etienne will break us up in rooms now. We'll read Genesis chapter 20 and 21. So it's two chapters. Okay, so welcome back, everyone. I'm, I think we're all back in the, in the main room. So I don't know if you all had uh, were able to read through all the verses, but um, it's okay. We'll just um, cover them and highlight some of the main points in these two chapters. I'll cover mainly chapter 21 and Brother John chapter. Oh, chapter 20 and brother John chapter 21. So um, coming to chapter 20, uh, we actually see that there was still something hidden within Abraham. Even after he had such a glorious intercession in chapter 18, and even in chapter 19, he had God appear to him he was living in this fellowship with God. And so maybe if, uh, if, if one of us were writing the Bible or writing a story, we would have just wanted to end the story right there, right? You don't want a story to, to, to go up to this peak and arrive at this, almost this highlight of someone's pursuit of the Lord, living in this fellowship with God being face to face with God, entering into God's heart, praying according to God's heart. And then, and then you have chapter 20, right? But actually, brothers and sisters, as we consider this chapter, we'll see there are some very crucial points in this chapter that we want to see. And may the Lord open this up to us that we would also learn these lessons that the Lord wants to show us. In Abraham's life. Hallelujah. So, so in this chapter, we see mainly two things. The one is that even though Abraham was a man of God, he had a hidden weakness. And secondly, Abraham had this glorious intercession in chapter 12. And now he has this shameful intercession in chapter 20. So, so this is this, these are the two main points that we'll cover in this chapter. So regarding this this hidden weakness in Abraham, we see that um, Abraham began to sojourn towards the south, okay? Um, that's in, in verse 1, right? And Abraham journeyed from there towards the region of the Negev and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur, and he sojourned in Gerar. And if you look at the map, you'll see that Abraham went south from where he was by the oaks of Mamre 
in Hebron. Actually, we don't find any, um, any verses showing us that God told Abram to journey southward. We don't see that Abram considered God in this journey. We just see him journeying, right, southward. Now, in figure, going southward is going to a place of ease, whereas going northward, where it's often cold in winter, it's a place of, of, of difficulty. But you know what we have when we are in this place of difficulty? Isn't this your experience? You have the presence of God. When we are in a, in a place of ease, where things are just very easy for us, we find ourselves often drifting away from the presence of God. And this didn't take Abram a long time. Abram, if you go, if you go see it in, in chapter 17 and chapter 18, where God promised Abram that he would have a son at the time of life, and then Isaac being born in chapter 20, that is, a, is about a span of a year. So this happened within a very short space of time after God, after this glorious intercession in chapter 18, right? He wouldn't have been able to, to get to Abimelech with his wife being very pregnant, right? So, so, so and, and, and a year later, there was Isaac. So, so within a very short space of time, Abram left this place of fellowship, this standing that he had with God, this position. And, and we will see that actually our position before the Lord means a great deal. So why did Abram go? Well, it's hard to say. The Bible doesn't really tell us, right? It doesn't give us any details about Abram leaving this fellowship with God, this place where he had God's presence. But Sometimes we have this experience where we really enjoy the church life. We enjoy the Lord's presence being with us. And then we get maybe a little bit bored. We find ourselves not so, I don't know, we're just looking for something different, something maybe a bit more exciting. Maybe there's something. And so we go to a different place, maybe a place of entertainment. Let's, let's use an extreme example. We're enjoying the church life. You're enjoying the church life in the city where you are. And then you go to a casino. You go to Sun City or you go to, I don't know, what place. And you arrive there. You know what? It won't be that easy to give someone an honest question about who you are. Abram did this twice, where he didn't give an honest, truthful answer. And we see that, that the reason for that is leaving his position, leaving his standing in this presence of God. Brothers and sisters, to us, God's presence should be everything. In fact, God's presence will be our preservation. 
haven't you experienced this? You find yourself in a situation, in an environment with some people who do not have a heart for the Lord. And you're not just there because you have a heart for them or you, but, but you've been drifting a little bit from the presence of the Lord. I experienced this. And then it's hard for me to really testify to those ones concerning with boldness who I am, what I stand for, that I'm following the Lord, that I've taken the way of his recovery, that I've taken the stand for his testimony on this earth. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations or positions like this, right? Where it's hard for us to be with our friends or to be with those who are maybe just, <laughs> let's take this example. You're in a casino, they're pursuing other things, right? So here's Abraham, he's journeying southward. And this signifies in figure, leaving God's presence. The second thing that we see with Abraham is that he repeated his old failure. This, this hidden weakness, it happened exactly the same that happened in Egypt. Where God came and he, and he delivered him from that situation. The exact same thing happened. He told a lie. He told Abimelech a blatant lie about Sarah, his wife. And then he, he sacrificed her. Okay, so now the third thing that we see with this hidden weakness, and this is really what we want to see in this portion, is this weakness, actually, brothers and sisters, were within Abram from the time that he began to follow the Lord. From that time, I think it's verse 13. We see it in this portion from verse 8 to 13. I'm not going to read all the verses, but in verse 13, um, well, let's, let's read verse 12, where he says this, and she is also truly my sister, the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, this is your kindness, which you must do to me at every place where we go. Say of me, he is my brother. So what happened to Abram is because he left God's presence, what happened is he lived not by faith, okay? He lived not by God's presence, but he lived by the flesh. And so he drifted away from that place of fellowship by the Oaks of Mamre, this, this, this intimacy he had with God. He journeyed from there. He left that place. And, and, the, the thing is, brothers and sisters, what, what we have to realize is that caused him to, his faith failed him. He didn't believe that God could keep him. So he, he realized, maybe I'm facing people that do not know God. What are they going to do to me when they see Sarah, my wife, who's beautiful? They're probably going to kill me so they can have her as, as their wife. So he didn't trust in God. So his faith failed him. And then what happened is he went back. He had, yes, he followed God. He followed God right in the beginning, right? How many chapters ago? And even he had that failure in Egypt more than 20 years ago. Okay, so this is still within him. This is something that, that even though 
His flesh had been cut off. He had been circumcised. Yet there was something still within him that he reserved. What if God doesn't come through for me? Yes, I'm following God. I'm absolute for God. I'm, I'm, I'm going God's way. But what if, what if something comes up? I'm faced with a situation and I, I don't know how to deal with this. What if, what if they want to take my life? Okay, I am following God, but I have this little backup plan. If God doesn't come through, I'll, 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 I'll tell Sarah, Sarah, listen, we'll make this plan. Whenever we meet someone, you will say to them, this will be your kindness. This is his words. This is your kindness, which you must do to me. At every place we go, say, say of him, he is my brother. So there was something that Abram reserved in case there was a situation. And so, brothers and sisters, even though we follow the Lord in an absolute way, this will happen to us. The Lord will bring us to a point to, in an environment under certain circumstances where what is hidden within us. Here's Abraham, man of God, the father of the faith. And his, his flesh just comes out. Right? He just tells a lie and he sacrifices his wife. These things are in us. And so God... Well, even, even sometimes when we, when we leave this place of fellowship, the church life where we enjoy God and his presence, and we maybe want to take a holiday, we want to take a break from the church life. Oh, it's just too much. The saints, they just pursue the Lord. They want to be in the things of the Lord. I just need a little break from this. I need to, to enjoy some other things. Often when we're in that kind of environment, God uses that to show us but there is still something hidden within us that we are reserving for ourselves, not trusting in him in an absolute way. Okay, so now, even though this happened, praise the Lord, God preserved and cared for Abraham. Abraham, he's the father of the faith. This is what he, he, uh, he is a figure of, right, of faith. Sarah, she's a figure of grace who brought forth Isaac, the seed of the promise. When faith fails, then often grace suffers. So Sarah was the one suffering. And actually, you know, who was really suffering is God. Grace was God suffering. And not only was God suffering, but God's testimony suffered. God's testimony was lost. Abram no longer had the position or the standing to testify concerning God. Abram lost his standing to testify concerning God. So God, eventually because of Abram's faith failing him, God was losing. And so God came in. God came in to preserve his grace and his testimony. And God did not appear to Abram here. In, in chapter 18, in chapter 19, God's appearing to Abram. He doesn't appear to Lot in chapter 19, but he appears to Abram. But in chapter 20, 
Abram doesn't have the right standing. So God doesn't appear to Abram. He, he appears to Abimelech in a dream. Um, okay, so God sovereignly appears to preserve Abram and to save him, to deliver him from this situation that he is finding himself in. Hallelujah. God will do this for us also to preserve his testimony. Okay, so then now we come to the last point, and that's Abram's intercession for Abimelech and his and his and his uh, and his servants, even his whole kingdom. So here's Abraham. He's a prophet of God. And God appears to Abimelech and tells him, listen, you, you cannot take this man's wife. You will die. If you do this, you are going to die because he's, 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 oh, he's, she's not his sister. You can't take this, this woman. She's not his sister. She is his wife. And you will be killed because of her. And he goes to Abraham and he's like, how could you do this to me? This is shameful to do this. How could you tell me she's your, your sister? She's your wife. God appeared to me in a dream. I, I'm going to die if I take her as my wife. So here we see God coming in to preserve Abraham. And now, Abraham now has to pray for Abimelech. Abraham has two very difficult things here, right? The one is, he has to face this, this shame before Abimelech that he lied to him. And yet he's a, he's a man of God. And secondly, he has to pray for, for Abimelech and his household, of whom all the wombs of his house has been, has been shut up by Jehovah. Yet Abram is still without a son. So he has to forget about his failure and he has to forget about his need. This shows us, brothers and sisters, in principle, our intercession is not based on our condition. It's not based on our success. It's based on who we are. What does God see? Yes, we have the flesh. As long as we are living in this old creation, we should not have any confidence in our flesh. We shouldn't say, sometimes people like to say, I had this experience of God, God blessed me in this way, or I received this amazing blessing or experience with God. I will never be in my flesh again. My flesh will never be expressed again. Don't say that. We still have the flesh. We still have the natural man. As long as we are living in the old creation. But, brothers and sisters, when it comes to God's designation, when it comes to the need that is designated by God for us to pray for, we need to forget about our failures and we need to take the position and the standing of a saint, of someone who is in the Lord's way, right? We are. Abram is the way that God is taking on the earth at this time. He has forsaken the created race and he's called out Abram. And Abram is, is on this journey with God. He's taking God's way. So he is 
the one God is using. But now he has this incredibly hidden weakness in him. And he's now been shamed. But, so he receives all these gifts from Abimelech. He gives him all these things. When Abram had this victory over those five kings, he came back. The king of Sodom wanted to give him something. He said, no, no, you don't have to give me anything. I have the most high as my portion. Yeah, Abimelech wants to give him some gifts. What can he say? He can't say God is my portion, right? So he just has to receive it. He's just quiet. But yet, he denies that failure, that, that, that shame. And even he denies the fact that Sarah, his wife, still has not born a child. And he prays for Abimelech. And you know what? God answers his prayer. God answers his prayer. Not because Abram is such a wonderful person, but because Abram did not stand with his condition, with his success, or with his... He, he, he just took the position of God's called one. We need to, to learn from this. So these are the two main things we want to see in this chapter, brothers and sisters. We see all these things, and as we dwell on them, the Lord will really make this chapter so precious to us. Chapter 18 is so sweet, right? God's intercession with Abraham. Abraham dwelling in fellowship with God. But this chapter 20 will also become precious to us if we dwell on these verses and we realize that you have all these things. Abimelech, God not, not speaking to Abraham, coming to Abimelech in a dream. And then, and then Abraham entering into, into this shameful intercession but yet God answers this prayer because Abram is not praying he's just praying according to the need and God's designation and then we also want to realize that there is this within us there is this hidden weakness this reservation that is within our being yes we follow the Lord and we want to be absolute for God but brothers and sisters there's only one burnt offering and that is the Lord Jesus and so the Lord will shine on us and show us these hidden weaknesses that are within us. And may the Lord have mercy on us that these weaknesses would not deter us. They wouldn't, they wouldn't become something that, that stumbles us and takes us out of God's way. But God would have a way. And then eventually we could pray even for those things that, 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 that our prayers have not been answered for. Our needs have not been met, but we are just praying according to what God has designated us to pray. And what we will find is often when we pray in this way, when we intercede for others, for the same needs that maybe we ourselves have, God will not only answer our prayers for, for those whom we're interceding for, but even God will come and he will meet our need as well. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Uh, Brother John, you can continue. Well, <clears throat> this, do you feel very sweet, this part? Uh, <clears throat> I really cannot find out why Abraham down to Gerard. And 
He has a wonderful experience in chapter 18, his intercession in the Lord <clears throat> heard his prayer. <clears throat> he should be have a wonderful life. In chapter 19, the Lord destroyed the city of Sodom and bring out and brought out Lot and his two daughters. And all of a sudden, chapter 20, Abram would like to take a holiday from the Lord's presence. I don't know why. Before he went down to Egypt because of famine. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. He's looking for food. But here, he's not looking for something, but he just would like to take a holiday from the Lord's presence and went down to Gerar. And this all thing happened here. <clears throat> or maybe he just see it's quite boring. He wants something new. But in this chapter 20, when Adrian mentioned all this fact and all the light, I brought up four points from chapter 20. Number one, in chapter 20, we saw the hidden weakness of a God-seeking ones. Saints, we all have weaknesses. Regardless how you seek the Lord, we all have weaknesses. You might have an overcoming prayer, good experience, but these are hidden in us. There is always a hidden weaknesses. Only the Lord himself is the burnt offering without any blemish. And number two, in chapter 20, 20 we saw because of his weaknesses, he was rebuked by Abimelech and temporarily set aside by God. Don't think, oh, I have the weaknesses. It's fine. Yeah. The Lord will use the Gentile, Abimelech, to rebuke you. Did you see him? <clears throat> that he came to rebuke Abraham? Why you do this to us? We nearly die. Not only me, my whole household. In verse 7, you and all who are yours are going to kill them. So Abimelech said, no, 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 no. Not only me, now our whole household, Jehovah gonna kill us. Abraham, what have you done for me? He was rebuked by Abimelech and then the Lord temporarily set him apart or set him aside. Did you see in verse seven, the Lord did not speak to Abraham, but the Lord speak to a Gentile king. Now therefore return the, wife, the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you. Abraham said, Jehovah, you did not mention to me, but now you, you're telling the Gentile king that I will pray for him. The Lord said, I put you aside. You are not in the right ground. I put you on the side. That's the second thing. Rebuked by Abimelech and temporarily set aside by God. And the third point in chapter 20, we saw, yet 
Okay. On one hand, you are experiences, you're experiencing your weaknesses. On the other hand, God wants you to carry out your intercession for Abimelech and his family. Wow, this is sweet. On one hand, we are encounter experiencing our weaknesses. Yet the Lord said, you intercede for him and his family. That is not easy. You tell a lie. And being a prophet, you tell a lie. And you become dead then. But now the Lord said, forget about your weaknesses. Just intercede. And in that intercession, he got revived. Saints, mm, it's difficult to pray when you are in that kind of failure. You're going to pray for Abimelech. If you are praying for Lord at that time, that's a glorious prayer. That's a glorious intercession. But now in chapter 20, this is a shameful intercession. We like chapter 18, glorious intercession. We don't want, when we fail, then the Lord says, yeah, I know you are weak, but intercede. <laughs> no, the Lord says, forget about how weak you are, how failure you are. You just have to pray what I want you to pray. Intercede. I still need you to intercede for Abimelech. Even he is a Gentile. But you pray, the one you deceive him. Though he is not bold, but God answer his prayer. You know, this is number four in chapter 20. That is when he interceded in the duration of his weakness, of his failure. Yet God still answer his prayer. God answer the prayer of Abraham and not only open the womb of Abimelech, also the Lord also opened the womb of Sarah. Maybe you say, Lord, okay. You want me to pray for Abimelech? I even, you told me 25 years ago. You even did not give me a son. And now you want me to intercede for someone who does not have children. The Lord said, you just intercede. Saints, we intercede for others. We minister life to others. And we ourselves receive life supply. We ourselves being revived. You know how dead and he was when he tell a lie down to Egypt, have his vacation. But the Lord still used this kind of experience. The time when he prayed for Abimelech, at the same time, Sarah also got the benefit. Amen. What a wonderful experience. Again, I would like to say during this time, I wish the Lord when you hurt someone in the church life or experience difficulties, 
let's learn from Abraham. Regardless how strong, how failure we are, we intercede with one another. <clears throat> oh, Lord, my heart was actually quite heavy. I just said, Lord, you must keep brothers and sisters, keep the saints in the church life. Even during this pandemic time, we need to intercede with one another. Even your short call, your short text, it gonna be makes the saints so encouraged. <clears throat> Let's come to chapter 21. And Jehovah visited Sarah, verse one, as he said, and Jehovah did to Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived, finally, Sarah got pregnant. Sarah pregnant and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the appointed time of which Jehovah God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, not, not Hagar, but Sarah bore to him called Isaac. And Abraham circumcised Isaac, his son, when he was eight days old, and God had commanded him, as God had commanded him. Verse 5, Abraham was a hundred years old as a baby when Isaac, his son, was born to him. And Sarah said, God had made me laugh. No, Isaac means love. <clears throat> now, this second love. The first love is when God says, Sarah, I'm going to have a son. And Sarah said, ha, ha, ha. Old men, old women, going to have a son. That's a joke. And this time, Sarah laughed again. Sarah said, God has made me laugh. And this time, Sarah laughed again. Ha, ha, ha. It's done. Okay. So many times our experience, the first love is impossible. The second love, we love again, is done. Hallelujah. We have Isaac. <clears throat> Everyone who heard, who hears will laugh with me. Well, <clears throat> this is... <clears throat> our experience. The Lord passed through a lot of experience. He brought us to experience many stages in order for us to bring forth Christ, to produce Christ. Then you say, but Christ already here 2,000 years ago? Yes, but not in you. You did not produce Christ yet. Uh -huh. So the Lord has to pass to bring us to pass through many experiences for us to bring forth Christ, to bring forth Isaac. In this chapter, God speaks to Abraham. Eliezer, the one you pick up in Damascus, I don't want it. Hagar, with your own natural strength, produce Ishmael, I don't want it. I want something that how you experience and bring forth Isaac, bring forth Christ. That is verse 7. And verse 8, and the child grew and went. Praise the Lord. Isaac was not only being born, but now he's growing. And when he stopped receiving the nourishment from his mom, and Abraham made a great feast 
on the day that Isaac was weaned. And now this boy not only being brought forth, but now this boy is growing. Because of that growing, and Abraham made a great feast, a big enjoyment on the day that Isaac was weaned. He's been grown up. Praise the Lord. Many of us, a few years ago, we brought forth Christ. But now this Christ, not yet grown up. Okay? We are still like infant. We, not, we, we need to let this child grow. You know, this is the growth of life within us. We not only receive life, but we have to let this life grow. And verse 9, Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptians, whom she had born to Abraham, is mocking, despising, laughing, or was the other word of marking okay. is sneer, um, attack. Isaac, Ishmael, attack. Isaac, okay. and we know this story is allegory. Okay. It is an allegory that Sarah typify grace. Hagar typify law. Now, Sarah, she saw the law marking grace. Did you see the story here? And verse 10, so she said to Abraham, casting out this maidservant and her son, for the son of this maidservant shall not inherit with my son Isaac. Grace cannot tolerate the marking of Ishmael to Isaac. So Sarah saw this thing. When I read this part, I just say, oh, Sarah, you are the one who suggests Abraham must go with Hagar. And now you don't want this thing. Okay. But the heavenly judge is not seeing this way. The heavenly judge is saying, okay, this is something out of the flesh. The law. This is your own product. And God cannot receive this one. And now the law, marking grace, all that law, Ishmael, that is counterfeit. All the, the counterfeit always <clears throat> hates the ordained seed, the ordained one. Counterfeit is the fake one. Hates the original one. The genuine one. <clears throat> and grace 
that is the original, the genuine descendant of Abraham. But Hagar, Ishmael, the counterfeit one, they hate the original one, that is the law hate grace. According to Galatians 4.29, the law keeper persecute the grace receiver, saying mm, we are not come out of our own effort, but Abraham brought forth Isaac is from the grace he enjoyed from God. That is from God. That is not out of his own effort. After he experienced circumcision, then Jehovah came as an El Shaddai to enjoy, to be his enjoyment. Saints, mm, did you see the picture here? So Sarah come in in verse 10, is a cast out this main servant and her son. And that casting out is to cast away all your fleshly effort. You know, when we come to the church life, we bring our own Hagar. We thought we are better than others. Our achievement are successful. And then we mock the one who enjoy Christ. We feel we are better than others. We have our own effort. We have our own achievement. We have our own good behavior. We have our own good conduct. These are all Ishmael. Well, then the Lord has placed us in the church life. The more we enjoy grace, the more the Lord says, cast out Hagar and Ishmael. You know, verse 11, and the matter displeased Abraham. Abraham becomes sad. He becomes sad, sorrow for that because of the account of his son. We all like Abraham, we want to hold all our good achievement, all our good behavior. This is from our own effort. We feel I'm more victorious. That brother loses temper easily. That sister likes to gossip. I'm not that bad. I'm better than them. These are all our Ishmael. We don't want to cast this out. We want to hold this, all our medals, all our trophy from our own fleshly effort. And then verse 12, God said to Abraham, do not be sad. Don't be sorry for that. Do not be displeased on account of the boy and on account of the maid servant. These are just Hagar and Ishmael. Whatever Sarah Grace says to you, listen to her voice, for in Isaac shall you shall your seed be called. Only Isaac is your seed. Ishmael is not your seed. And of the son of the maidservant, I will also make a nation because he is your seed. And 14, and Abraham rose up early in the morning, took bread and water skin full of water 
and gave them to Hagar, putting them on her shoulder and gave her the child and sent her away. Saying, all our trophy, all our success experience, you thought you are better. These are all your Hagar and your Ishmael. Give them bread and water, let them go. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. This must go before we can enjoy grace. Okay, now let's come to the second part of verse 21. Now, first part, we see the two seeds, the two people. One is from the flesh, one is from the grace. One bringing the law, one is the type of grace. The second part, the two wells. The first part is the two people. The second part, are the two kinds of living. All our living are, are around the wells. So there are two sources of living. And Ishmael, from verse 14, he lives wandering in the wilderness of Beersheba. And when the water of the water skin was finished, Hagar cast the child under one of the bushes. And she went and sat herself down opposite him with a fair distance away, about a bow shot. That is in the wilderness, in our soul. That bow is used to kill the life. He lives in the wilderness with a bow shot with a bow. That is to kill life. For she said, do not let me look upon the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. All right. I skip verse 19. And God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water and she went to fill the water skin with water and gave the boy a drink. Verse 20, and God was with the boy and he grew and he dwelled in the wilderness and became an archer. Verse 21, and the boy dwelled in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took a wife for him from the land of Egypt from her own land. Hagar come from Egypt. Now she also gave her son an Egyptian wife. In these few verses, we see the well of Ishmael. There are three points describing the well of Israel. Number one, this well is the well in the wilderness that close to Egypt. That well is in the wilderness. Wilderness 
is signified our soul. It's in the soul, which is rejected by God. Number two, okay, sorry. And that is that wealth is very close to Egypt. That means easily drift to Egypt. That well is in the wilderness close to Egypt. That means that well is in the soul and drifting to the world. That is the well that Ishmael is drinking. And number two, the well of Ishmael is making Ishmael an archer, an archer hunting. Like Nimrod is a killer. It is a hunting life that well in the soul that full of self-imagination, full of self-effort, full of self-justification. These are in the soul, in the wilderness. You criticize others. You exalting yourself. These are in the wilderness. And our self-justification is a kind of killing others. You know, that you open the roof of someone's house. You know, this is in the soul. When the Lord Jesus was on earth, someone come to open his roof. <laughs> you know what is that? What that means? That means you criticize others. You go above someone's house and break their house, <laughs> make their house become a hole. You open someone's roof. This is killing. No wonder that patient is paralyzed. You, know, you open someone's roof, makes you become paralyzed. That is, make you become an archer. We're in the wilderness, close to Egypt. We're in the soul and drifting to the world and making us become an archer, the killing of life. And number three is that well leads Ishmael to join to merit to Egypt. That is to join himself being led into Egypt. That's the well of Ishmael. Now, let's come, how about the well of Isaac? From 14 to 21, it described the well of Ishmael, but from 22 to 34, it described the well of Isaac. Well, if you got pen, you better write down. There are seven points describe the well of Isaac. <clears throat> Number one, the well of Isaac is in Beersheba. And Beersheba, you know, time is not enough, is in your map. That is at the bottom part. It is 
your map is too small. It must be outside the, the frame of your map. Okay? That is Beersheba. Beersheba before it was belonged to Palestine, but later it become the southern part of the Holy Land. Wonderful. That Beersheba is become a part of the good land. That well before was belonged to Palestinian, before was belonged to the Gentiles, but now become a part of the good land. That is Beersheba. <clears throat> what a wonderful place. Before we are in Palestine, but now we're in a good land. <clears throat> Number two, <clears throat> the well <clears throat> of Isaac is a well redeemed by seven years of lambs that's been redeemed. That is in verse 28. Abraham said seven years. Use means female sheep. That is not natural. It has been redeemed. Even it was dark by Abraham, but it was occupied. It was invaded by the followers of Abimelech. So Abraham did not fight with them. You see, and Abraham paid a price with the price of seven years to redeem that, that well. Praise the Lord. This is the water of redemption. Today we are not drinking of our natural, but we are drinking the redeemed well. We are drinking the water from the well being redeemed. And number three, this well is a well of covenant. <clears throat> that, you see, verse 31, therefore he called that place Beersheba because there, the two of them, they have a covenant with an oath, with a covenant. Saying this well is not being redeemed, but this well is the well of covenant. Is not wild. It was promised. It was restricted. It is a covenant. That's the well of the new covenant. Saints, this is the well that we are drinking. It's not in the wilderness, wild, nobody control, no limit. But this is a well of covenant. Amen. That's number three. And number four, this is a well of planting a tamarisk tree. Oh, I love this point very much. Where is that? Verse 33, Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba. You know, that tamarisk tree is a kind of willow, a willow tree. And that tamarisk tree, the lips is fine and the branch is soft. When you see that tree, it's just like a flowing of the riches of life. This well is for producing for the flowing of life. This well is producing the life, the flowing of life. It is not killing of life. The archer is killing of life, but this well is the well reflect with the tamarisk tree. It just keeps flowing and these leaves are green, always green. 
and the bronze you just give you an impression it is flowing oh i love this is flowing at the meeting hall we don't have lake otherwise we must plant the tamarisk tree <laughs> oh hallelujah it's a flowing of life tamarisk tree that is where am i now number four a well of planting a tamarisk tree it is a it portrays the flowing of life and number five the well of isaac is a well of then what well of calling the name of Jehovah that is verse 33 and there he called the name of Jehovah El Olam this is also a point I love it now Abraham called Jehovah El Olam that Olam means the conceal oh Lord where am I now Footnote 33, El Olam, 33, El means Elohim, the, the mighty one, the one of the name of God. Olam means eternal, eternity, come with the Hebrew root meaning conceal, hide. Wow, the divine title El Olam implies eternal life. By calling on the name of Jehovah, the eternal mighty one, Abraham experienced God as the ever, underline this one, the ever living, the secret, the mysterious one, who is eternal life. Wow. This is not only the God of the high, high most, not only El Shaddai, Abraham this time, he experienced this God, the Jehovah, is so deep, is profound. I want to sink myself into this name. He called El Olam. Praise the Lord. Amen. The eternal, no beginning, no ending. It's mysterious. It's profound. It's deep. It just it is quiet. Oh, praise the Lord! He just called the name of El Olam. That is number five. And number six, this well is a well making Isaac become the burnt offering. That is what we're gonna cover next week. And because of this well, make Isaac become a burnt offering. And number seven, this well, bring Isaac willing to go up to Moriah. That's also what we're going to cover next week. These are the seven features of the well of Isaac. Since today in the church life, this well, this tree is the center of the church life. Just like Genesis 1 and 2, the river and the tree is the center of God's creation. Did you see? This well is not in the wilderness, producing a lot of archer. But here, this well, we enjoy the tree and the well in Beersheba, 
which used to be in Palestine, now become the verge of the good land. What's the verge? That's the border. Okay. That's to the end. That is hallelujah that we drink this water in the verge, in the edge of the good land, keep going on. No. This is the well of Isaac. And this well bring us become a burnt offering. And this well will bring us into Mount Moriah. That is Jerusalem. It is, it will end up, it will conclude us, consummate us into Jerusalem. This is the well that we're drinking. The Lord say, come. He who thirsts and come. And out of his innermost being will flow the living water. And this water will flow unto eternity. What a wonderful well. Amen. Since we are drinking this well. No, well, I'm sure the Lord will lead us to enjoy this well. Since the Lord redeemed us. And we are here enjoying the well. Amen. Not the well of Ishmael, but the well of Isaac. Wonderful. Amen. In this chapter, we saw the two men and the two kinds of living. Chapter 21. Praise the Lord.